0: Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Uh, This is a new venture we're trying at Orchard Hill, and hopefully for people who consider Orchard Hill their church home and those who don't, uh, this is just a chance for you to email in a question at askapastor uh, at orchardhillchurch.com and we'll take some time to try to address it with different members of our staff different pastors from the community at different times here and distribute it in a way that you can retrieve it on podcast on um different uh means that you can get those stitcher things like that there will be some video distribution uh i think we'll play it on the radio as well so uh different ways that you can access the information (laughs) today i'm joined by kay warheit kay is a long time a uh, member of Orchard Hill Church and has served on the staff at Orchard Hill in Wexford for uh, probably about 10 years or so as the director of women's ministry, disciple the generation of women, at Wexford and is now serving on our staff at the Butler campus. Uh, Butler is, was launched last October and is going very well. And we'll ask Kay about that a little later, but Kay, welcome, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Kay, uh, one of the questions that, that we had here is, is worry sinful? And I, I would assume that they were kind of alluding to uh, Philippians four where it says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything uh, by prayer, let your supplications be known to God. Uh, so when is it okay if it if it isn't always sinful and how can they tell the difference? And then they asked, um, how can I really stop worrying? So that's probably more than you can all answer at once. But f- first, just help us understand if worry is always sinful and, uh, and if it isn't, then when and how is it okay? And how can you tell the difference?
1: Well, we were made to fear. Um, God made us to have fears. It, you have a healthy fear of, driving too close to a cliff or driving in the wrong lane, God gave us fear. Um, But it also says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we have natural fears and God gave it um, to us in order to be safe, to seek him. But when we worry, then we replace the fear with, I can do this on my own and I have to figure out how. So a fear can be healthy but it can be unhealthy when it turns to anxiety, Um, and and that's addressed many times, over 60 times in the Bible, the word fear, Um, but yet a healthy fear of God means uh, I know who he is, I know that he is just, I know that he is in charge, but when I replace him uh, with I don't. I don't believe God has my back. I don't believe God can take over. I don't believe God knows my my situation. Then it becomes worry, and that's where it's unhealthy and it's wrong. Uh, we all have anxiety. Just just um, a month ago today, I looked. I have a journal, and I think it's important for us to, to keep a history of our fear or our worry, so to speak. I wrote down today uh, a month ago that there were things that I was concerned about. God providing. Uh, finances people place even the weather and I looked at it today and I saw 30 days later that God things that I wanted to worry about I gave to the Lord he provided people he provided finances Uh, the forecast looks really good and uh, he provided activities and so if I hadn't Hmm. written that down and kept my own history I would then have replace other worries or other fears. But when we build our own history and say, say 30 days ago, two years ago, five years ago, I worried about this, wrote it down and look how God provided. Not necessarily in the way that I wanted exactly, but even differently and better, God is creative. Um, so yeah, f- worry, worry takes fear to another level, makes me want to take over, but fear can be a healthy thing.
0: Okay. So, Kay, um, when somebody has um, said, okay, so maybe not um, fear is, is okay, but worry isn't, how do you stop yourself from obsessing or worrying about something where maybe it isn't healthy to, to fear? So, I'm not just driving next to the cliff and having a healthy fear, right. but I'm having a worry about something that, you know, your, your kid goes somewhere and you start to worry about are they safe, are they okay, are they going to make it, you know, and, and, and you have no reason to, H- how do you curtail that kind of worry?
1: Well, there are. I think there are worries that we can't control. You know, you worry about a tornado, but when, you're, when your kid's going off and you worry about him at school, um, again, the power of words, just saying out loud, what, what is my worry here, what is my fear? that my child won't have friends, or my child will have a hard time in school. Um, Have have you given that to the Lord? Have you talked to your child? Uh, Open that conversation with both God and your child, and then maybe follow up, you know, if you have to. Go to the teacher, go to other parents. Um, Sometimes as women, we need to communicate, uh, instead of just worries, asking what do you think about your child? How is my child doing? And then maybe just get some answers that you think, what was I worried about? I, I love when women get together in a Bible study or any social group, I love hearing women say, wow, I thought I was the only one. And then to just open that up and say, I guess that's just a natural part of being a mom or a natural part of being a wife or a woman, that those worries are going to be there. But God gave us ears and a mouth, and when we communicate um, to God, say, God, this is what I'm worried about. Please help me, or he gave us the Bible words, and then when we don't maybe feel we hear from God, go to another uh, woman or to an authority and say, help me with this. We, we need to talk it out, I guess.
0: Okay, and if somebody were to say, I've tried to talk it out, I've tried kind of reasoning through it, and yet my worry just seems to stay high, um, but what would be their next step?
1: well, i do I do recommend professional counseling. I mm. mean, there are times that uh, y- you can have this deep-seated worry or fear that you can't just get over. Uh, and maybe you need to spend some time ironing it out with a counselor. There are Christian counselors that will will walk through that maybe you know words that a friend can't maybe bring out or just talking about it to somebody there are ways that you can um understand and maybe you'll never get rid of some of your worries but they can be lessened when you again build your history and see i worried mm-hmm. about this and look how god answered it but i i do believe i do believe mm-hmm. in in counseling
0: yeah there are probably some cases where where there's an actual anxiety disorder and simply throwing the Bible verse that says, don't worry or be anxious about anything, but in everything pray, may not be helpful in that instance, but it might be helpful to see professional help, seek professional help and have somebody uh, diagnose you, maybe even look at some of the physiological causes and make sure they're addressed. But, but, but in the cases where, where maybe it's not physiological and maybe it's not even a deep uh, psychological issue that's, that's counseling related, Sometimes what we need to do is almost as as Kay was saying, name it in the sense of just being able to say, "This is what I'm actually afraid of," and in doing that, then say, "God, I'm 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 turning this over to you," and because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us, say, "I have confidence that that, that your heart for me is better than, than than even my worry." But but what's tricky about it is that is that sometimes. Worry is legitimate, meaning fear. If we want to use that distinction, and so there's a healthy component to saying I'm concerned about these these issues. Um, but but having such a confidence in who God is 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 really the ultimate answer to that. Okay, one of the the questions that that I assume you have been asked over the years um, in working with women is really the question about Abuse and and what I mean when I when I say this is is I want to talk Narrowly about verbal abuse today. So so not physical abuse not when somebody has been physically abusive, but but verbal abuse And, and the reason I, I I think that maybe this is a question you've been asked a fair amount is sometimes women will say Well, I, he or she has been verbally abusive to me and men will ask that too But 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 it seems to go more one direction, but 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 however that is um When is it abuse for somebody to verbally berate somebody, and when is it um, somebody having um, inappropriate words, somebody maybe having an ugly interaction or just simply a bad day? How how have you helped people understand the difference?
1: Well, there, there can be a fine line between verbal abuse and somebody just lashing out. You know, they're just angry. And I used to think, um, you know, I taught school and I would have a parent come in and just scream. And I would think, okay, what happened does not justify that. They're, they're bringing things to it and I happen to be the one they're taking it out on. That doesn't mean I was wrong. There were times, you know, that someone would come in and say, this is not right, but they were usually calmer or it, it, it troubled them. When women would come to me um, or still and say, I'm not quite sure that sometimes there's a snarky kind of humor Mm -hmm. you know why would you wear that I'm just kidding well there is no just kidding you you meant what you said and why are you asking me Um, if somebody brings something to you with you're the reason um, why you made me mad or you made me do this that's that's an abuse with words that um, I can't control myself and I want to blame you and I tell women that that you, know, you, you don't need to take that. You can't, um, you can't justify that you are the cause for their behavior. If someone throws a tantrum um, and you're not involved in it, they, they just get mad, has nothing to do with you. But if you notice they throw a tantrum all the time around you or you do something and then they throw a tantrum um, and their words come out, that, that's abuse. That's not just them being angry um there are way too many ways for you to um justify you know your your own insecure feelings that that you i don't need somebody else to come at me to be telling me i need to go to god and you need to fix why you're angry you need to go and get help i can't always be the brunt of it i think um it can happen with a mother and a child. It can happen between friends, verbal abuse. Uh, you know, friends will say, I get together and she's always putting me down. Well, that's just plain abuse. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. you're the brunt. And so it doesn't always happen in relationships with men and women. It can, it can right. happen It can happen in a lot of
0: directions. Yeah, yeah, it can happen on the job, it can happen yeah. in a neighborhood, it can happen at school for students with other students. Yeah. So when it's outside of the home, uh, the easy solution is uh, don't let them stop mm-hmm. putting yourself in a place. When it's in a home, uh, what is your counsel to people who one day say, "You know, I don't, don't know that I had put this word on it, but I feel like this is now crossed into emotional or verbal abuse. What, what would you say to somebody who, who comes with that realization? Uh, as maybe a new realization and saying, this this isn't brand new, I've tried to navigate it, live with it, I've tried to, but now I'm seeing and naming this for what it is.
1: Well, again, um, I would say counseling. Okay. I I, I really do think um, there are things that we just can't get outside and fix. It's like trying to get outside the universe and look at it. We're so in it, um, it's hard for us to be somebody other than who we've been. It, my reaction is to maybe go pout. My reaction is to go leave, go shopping. That Many people can have different reactions, but it doesn't fix the problem. And when you realize this isn't normal, this isn't healthy, uh, either go by yourself or you ask your spouse, look, the, these conversations aren't healthy. We're not helping each other. I feel worse after we talk. What are we setting as an example to our children? Uh, it, it helps to have an outside view and outside help. And it's not always easy to accept your part, mm-hmm. but when somebody says, look, it's pretty much even, you're encouraging it or you're, I hate to say that, you're allowing it or you're depending on being, you know, these are the words and this is who I am. An outside voice um, Can helps. be helpful,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, in my over 20 years of, of being engaged in pastoral ministry, uh, I've seen this play out a lot of different times where somebody will come and, and, and say, you know, I f- used to think it was just an anger outburst or just their way, and now I feel like, like this is, is abusive. And, and, and I certainly agree that seeking outside help can and is helpful, but, uh, but I also would, would encourage you, if that's your situation, to not be afraid to say enough even if it means having to separate yourself from the situation. Now, I, I wanna caution something as well, and that is sometimes people will, and this is why we started with this question of how, how do you know when it's abuse versus not abuse? Sometimes people will use that as, as a reason to just simply say, I want out, this person's abusive and I wanna get away. But, but I don't think biblically that you are required to stay in a situation that you are being verbally and emotionally run down on a consistent basis. Um, I would certainly seek some counsel to say, am I thinking right? Am I seeing this right? And name the things, tr- try to fix it. But I don't believe that, that simply saying I have to stay is, is God's direction, even in that situation. But, but what's hard is, is, you know, probably any home situation has some volatile moments where some things are said that are unkind and if they were played for everybody to see, you'd be like, that was uncool, may even have felt like, like it was abusive. And so really what we're talking about here is a pattern. We're not talking about a, a single bad instance or even, even sporadic bad instances. We're talking about something that, that happens on a somewhat regular basis where where the person's words, the person's demeanor, the person's um, use of words is is used in such a way as to as to put you down or to control your future behavior. Uh, is there anything you have to add to that?
1: No, I do appreciate that that you said that, um, and I do say that to women. You you don't you don't have to accept that. Mm-hmm. You do not have to accept that. Um, Those words said to you or accept that image that is being presented to you Um, and I think we're afraid that that um, I'm afraid that it will be me or it's not that bad or maybe it's just me Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody nobody deserves to be verbally abused like you said consistently we all get insulted once in a while or Mm -hmm. our feelings hurt but when it's consistent that's not the way we're meant to live
0: right Right. Yeah. And obviously, again, if, if we're talking about what's hard is, is is nobody else can really know for somebody else what it is. Like like if somebody comes to you, comes to me and says, well, is this or is this not? It's like, I don't know um, because I haven't lived it. I don't have all the nuance, all the history. And, and so you can you can either talk yourself into or out of something being uh, what it is uh, if if you want to and that's why we need maybe some help just to, to try to, to discern that but ultimately we're the only ones who can who can answer that okay uh... another question came in uh... just around this issue and again i would would assume this is something you've heard at different times and that is uh... i don't love my my husband anymore um, but i don't feel like i have a biblical reason to leave uh... what advice would you give me
1: Well. Th- I always say there is there is the option is not if he's not abusing you and you're just bored there is no option to go out you need to be creative we serve a creative God and when again you say God I know you are creative show me how to love my husband in a way that I can't right now um, there were a group of friends and we met together for lunch one time and one of them challenged she had read that if you said something positive to your husband every day for 30 days. It would change your marriage. And we laughed and, and someone said, well, why don't we take that challenge? Hmm. And one of the women said, do we have to start today? <laughs> so uh, we did, and I thought that'll be easy for me because I'm a positive person. So the third day of me being positive to Matt, he said, what's, what's this about?
0: <laughs> he sniffed it out, and he I called said, it out.
1: And I said, what do you mean? And he <laughs> said, why, why are you complimenting me? And I said, because I didn't realize how negative I am and I'm realizing it just now. Um, Hmm. And I have to say that it did, it it opened my eyes to um, a new love for him. The things that he did do I took for granted, things I expected of him. And I think that women, I think one of the worst things happens to women is the Hallmark Channel or romance novels because we look and we think that's what my life should be. And they're novels, that's what they are. They're novel ideas of this, you know, we want to be pursued. Uh, men want respect. But men don't always, our spouse doesn't always, they don't always know us to know what we want. And um, if you, you know, your, your love language is one thing. Do you, do you crave words? Do you crave a touch? Do you crave a gift or time? What is it? And your husband, you might just slowly drift away to say, you know what, I would love more time with you. Can hmm. we spend more time? And I did that exact same thing to Matt. And, and uh, a couple days later, he said, let's go for a walk. That wasn't my idea of time. Mm-hmm. But then that is my problem if I'm not clear. I wanna spend time going away. Um, so we, we have to, when we, when we ask for something, we're specific. When we fall out of love, just like seasons, spring, summer, fall, there are seasons in our marriage that it might be very fruitful, it might be kind of lean but i i just don't believe the option is i need to get out i need to look somewhere else um god blessed you with his relationship and god blessed you with a creative creative mind that he will show you when you pray and say god i don't have any love right now give me love or you are creative you show me what i need to be doing um it's never again what you expect it's always better just saying a positive Mm -hmm. word every day didn't make me fall madly in love, but it made me realize my end of it was just leaning. And I thought I I was fine. So there are a lot of options, but going to God and saying pure and simply, dear God, I don't love my husband, amen. And the Mm -hmm. next day, I don't love my husband, I don't know how to, amen. Just ask God and he will give you the words or he will give you the insight or something um, to bring that romance back.
0: Yeah, one of the things that um, seems to happen a lot of times is we believe the myth of greener grass, which is somebody else's lawn will be better. And I heard somebody once say, but if you don't like the way your lawn's looking, maybe it's time to water your own lawn. And, and there's probably some truth to that in, in what you're saying, Kay, as well as just, uh, just coming to a point of, of saying, if I think that, that getting somebody else will be different, Why will it be different than what I thought this would be? Because somewhere you stood with somebody and said, I'm going to commit the rest of my life and he or she to me uh, forever. And we're going to make it work. And then something broke down. And the easiest thing to do is to say, well, it's them. The reason it doesn't work anymore is because of what they've done. And there's probably truth to that. But there's also truth to the fact that it's partly what we have done that may have contributed to it. And to simply change the partner may not change our response and now we just have a whole new roadmap to try to navigate. And sometimes the the best thing to do is to say, let me go back in, acknowledge it, and address uh, what is or is not healthy in, in my marriage. Now, okay, I would assume that, that some women, some men who come with that, that challenge say, I've tried to, to find my way back. We've, we've worked at it. I'd said 30 days of positive things. Um, <laughs> you know, we went on date night, we went to counseling, we did everything we could and, and I just don't feel love. Um, your word. <laughs>
1: I, Live with it. I mean, <laughs> um, there. I read years ago, the more a woman knows the Lord, the more she is a woman. And nobody, nobody pursues us like God does. We want, we want our husband or our boyfriend to pursue us, and God pursues us. I mean, we start out with stories, um, Cinderella, living happily ever after, or Snow White, living happily ever after. And that's what we grow up on. We feed on that. And Jesus is our happily ever after. If you're not happy uh, with your marriage, um, maybe you're, you're a spiritually boring person. Mm. You're just not um, exciting. You're not challenging. You're not, um, you're, you're not a, a soulmate to your husband. And so I, I truly believe that a, wo- a lot of women replace Jesus for their husband. They want to be pursued. They want to be loved. And they have no idea mm. how much God goes out of his way to seek us to find us and when you fall in love with him your life your life um, expectancy as far as what what i want from life becomes about him and then you see your husband differently i can't even everybody's different we all have our D, own dna but you you come to appreciate the the husband in, in some way that, that god gave you now while i'm talking i picture this husband with no shirt on a beer and in a recliner and you think that would be a hard one but really uh, yeah yeah that would be a hard (laughs) one to to get excited about a husband but again it is okay if my husband wants to be that way i i need to i need to turn and let god Mm. pursue me you can't yeah. get past that recliner yeah. thing, huh?
0: Well, yeah. it's an no. image you painted. You, you always paint in word pictures. So know, thank I you. Too. That was uh, yeah. that's a hard one. Um, no, there's uh, and there are hard things uh, probably both ways. And so that's a, uh, that's a challenge. Well, we're going to have to leave it here. Kay, thank you for joining us. Um, so you've been working with our Butler campus. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what's exciting in Butler this fall.
1: Well, I just love being a Butler. I love the enthusiasm of the men and women uh one of them said to me the other day does anybody realize how wonderful this worship is this Mm. music is i said thank Mm -hmm. you i i am amazed myself at how it just um it just keeps getting better the worship and people who uh some people grew up in the church but they had no idea Mm. that church could be like this Uh, we just found a a new place to worship and while we're doing kids fest tomorrow uh, the men and women are going and working on a new place I mean we right. have so much commitment um, we'll it's see. just exciting we're
0: excited for what that is huh? if you have a question send it to ask a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com we'll try to address it in future episodes thanks for uh, participating and watching here today